mixed up quotables. Yes. From the Modern oh Lady Podcast. Oh, that would be a great perfect. board game where you score points on how smooth the quote sounds. Like Apple style or like um, where you have all the cards oh, in your hand. Oh, I love that. <gasps> where you splice famous oh quotes together. We just invented the new <laughs> a new board game. Oh, gosh. I don't okay. even remember where we left. Oh, right. Okay. We left off not knowing where we left off. Right. Okay. Okay. And cycle back twice. Okay, I'm there. Right. I'm ready. Okay. okay. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 71. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're talking about courage. St. Catherine of Siena once said, quote, Start being brave about everything, driving out darkness and spreading light as well, end quote. In our culture, it can be sometimes difficult to know how to be brave, how to be bold, and how to have courage. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world, and holding that line can often be a pretty scary place if we are not properly prepared to do it well. But first, if you enjoyed today's episode, we ask that you take a minute to rate and review the Modern Lady Podcast on Apple iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Not only does your review help our podcast stand out, it also makes us incredibly happy. We love reading your comments. This week's shout out goes to our friend Nick from PA, who left us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and said, quote, these hostesses offer a quality show that is well-rounded and very fruitful. It is evident that they are well-informed on the topics. As a guy listener, it is nice to experience the feminine genius and get a different perspective that is well-rooted in the faith. I went through and listened to a majority of the episodes, and I enjoy the tips and lessons these ladies offer because a lot of the episodes hit close to home or say what is on my heart. Probably my favorite episode to date is Are We Not Entertained? because it's something that we need to hear. Plus, they are right about it, yet they're very humble about it. End quote. Well, thank you, Nick, for your rating and for your review. Your support and your perspective truly means so much to us. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Tis the season for sitting on the deck late into the evening hours, and if your area is rife with mosquitoes like mine, I am here with some unique suggestions for keeping those little buggers at bay. According to PestHacks.com, mosquitoes can't fly against the wind, so having a fan near your outdoor space is a great way to keep them away. Another thing you, or your kids, could do is blow bubbles. Maybe it's time to get that bubble machine that you, I mean, <coughs> I mean, your kids have always wanted. Now, the next thing you could do is get a pet pig. I don't know about you, Michelle, but I've actually always thought about getting a pet pig. And now that I know that mosquitoes locate their victims through body heat and that those cute little piggies give off far more body heat than we do as humans, pigs are far more likely to be bitten than us. So having a, one around will help keep the mosquitoes at bay. Now here's one tip that I might actually try tonight, seeing as how I don't think I can acquire a pig by this evening. Apparently a good natural mosquito repellent can be made by mixing one cup of water with vanilla, lemon, eucalyptus, and lavender oil. Hmm. Always comes back to livestock for me. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I've been trying to get backyard chickens forever. But yes. uh, yeah, despite us being semi-rural, I would mm-hmm. say, um, our township doesn't allow chickens. <gasps> but really? I might just change my tune here a little bit and start asking for backyard pigs <gasps> yes. instead. And they'll get a, a real dose of Michelle's sanguineness. Like, yes. wasn't this the same woman that was asking us about backyard chickens? <laughs> like, it's for the mosquitoes, Phil. <laughs> Lindsay researched this. <laughs> That's right. The modern lady told me to do it. That's right. <laughs> Be brave. Have courage. It sounds so simple an admonition when you put it like that. But often in life, nothing could be more difficult than to stand fast in the midst of fear, chaos, or uncertainty. Right, Lindsay? Right. So we started talking about being bold and and being courageous. And we shouldn't have been surprised that we, when we started researching this, it's a much bigger topic than we ever imagined, which is, you know, maybe this will be one we revisit in the future again. But there's so many different definitions for courage because I've learned that it's a very subjective thing and it's very bound by culture and by time and by even subgroups of bigger cultures. And so what might be courageous to you and I, Michelle, could be very different than what's courageous to my neighbor. Um, But that being said, we have to know that courage is not reckless and it's not being fearless. But when someone recognizes that there is an important task or something that they feel like they have a role to play and that this can be dangerous for them physically or really can impact how people view them. And so doing an act like this is something where they really do have to step outside of themselves and yeah, do something that could really change their life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were talking about the recklessness aspect of it, mm-hmm. this reminded me, and I, I actually looked it up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I call it the virtue chart, but mm. I, I I learned that it, it is an actual thing and it has another name. <laughs> it's actually called yeah. Aristotle's golden mean. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yes. Yes. I yes. actually want okay. to do an entire podcast episode on the golden mean. So, okay. Yes. Well, I'll only use the one example then. So, I'll leave plenty okay. of fodder for future episodes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I always called it the virtue chart. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I always remembered seeing it. And um, it's this philosophy that was used to illustrate the idea of nothing in excess in the ancient yeah. Greek thought, right? Um, and in this chart, it shows in the middle column the desirable mean or the middle between two extremes. One extreme is an excess and one is a deficiency. And those are the Mm -hmm. vices that correlate to each virtue in the middle. And so using this model, for example, courage would be the virtue in the middle and an excess of courage would be considered recklessness. Um, But a deficiency of courage would be considered cowardice. And so you're to strive for the mean for the middle Um, But you're right to say, like, depending on who you are on whatever receiving end or giving end of a particular act or an opinion, it can look so different. That's right. There was an article from Berkeley and they interviewed a psychologist named Cynthia Peary. And she was talking about this and how it can be a controversy. We're not going to go into specifics, but a lot of you can probably Mm. recall instances where somebody is um, lauded as a hero in the news or having been very courageous. And then other people are going, that's ridiculous. This is what true courage looks like. And this is Mm. a, I, I get now that this is actually a common 
controversy because it really is dependent often on what group is talking about this person. So this psychologist says, courage happens when someone perceives a valuable, meaningful goal in their environment. But in order to reach that goal, they have to take a personal risk and they make a voluntary choice to do so. So that is going to be different though in every different type of environment. Now, when we look at something called moral courage, so there, again, there's actually different types of courage, even just perseverance in, in your daily chores is considered to be a type of courage, according to psychologists and, and um, philosophers. But we're going to look at, oh, and then there's physical courage, but we're going to look at moral courage right now. In the 19th century, a man named Henry Sidgwick defined moral courage as facing the pains and dangers of social disapproval and the performance of what they believe to be duty. The moral hero often overcomes shame and humiliation, rejects conformity, risks ostracism, jeopardizes career and status, and sets out alone to take an unpopular stand and to do the right thing. Moral courage is choosing to risk embarrassment rather than tolerate injustice. Mm. Oh my goodness. And we certainly see a lot of that happening today, right? <laughs> yeah. Or now, the need I guess, for it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the difference is, is what people perceive to be injustice. But I really mm. like this definition. I think this is more along the lines of what you and I want to talk about when it comes to courage. And so I think the thing, this really came about because this morning you launched our latest episode, which was me sharing my testimony. And right. I have been nervous since the day we recorded that. And it's been a full week now. And I'm not saying it took courage. Yay, courage. How courageous of me. But it it was nerve-wracking. And it mm -hmm. really made me step back and look at how I viewed my own courage over the years and and the difference between bravado and being brave. And I think I was Ooh. often exhibiting um, bravado, which was mm -hmm. appears to be brave, but it's just foolishness and being loud and uh, domineering. And I'm kind of hoping that as I grow older, I'm kind of growing into a new kind of bravery where I'm willing to say what I think is important, um, you know, and put that out there, but not be foolish in that. Yeah. And it is something I think that we grow into um, having wisdom about, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, it's it's hard to know and to be prudent about uh, what to say and when and and all these things. So like, I, I also think we need to give ourselves a bit of grace too. Like there will always be, I think, opportunities where we have a chance to be brave, but we don't take mm -hmm. those opportunities and we regret it or opportunities where we think we're being courageous. But then like you're saying, you look back and you're like, well, actually, <laughs> uh, maybe that wasn't one of those times <laughs> I could have held back a bit. Um, and I think that the growth in understanding and being able to recognize it, that is that is a huge key in being an effective, effectively courageous person. I love what you said about linking it with wisdom. And as you're saying that, I'm realizing that perhaps bravado is youth. It comes with youth. And I think that real bravery starts to grow within us when we have to fight for those we love or when we finally mm. are really committed to something. So, you know, when you finally have land, I maybe I'm still reading too much Victorian <laughs> when literature. When you finally have land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you have, you want to defend your you house mean. and you want to defend mm -hmm. your property, right? And then you have children or you have a spouse. And right. I, I 
I've learned how to be, I think, more courageous and properly bold due to being a mom and having to advocate for my kids. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that's also gone hand in hand with growing more um, wise as I've grown older. So what about you? Have you always been brave? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm still not very brave. (laughs) However, um, yeah, I would say that I've seen a lot of growth in this area, though, uh, if I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) if we're also going to be honest, I need to acknowledge that it hasn't been painless to develop this, right? So I think that's also something to, to, um, to acknowledge that growth in any kind of a virtue uh, is going to require um, stepping beyond your comfort zone. And it's not always going to feel good, but if it's right, then it's right. And you can be assured you're on the right path. So I've actually spent most of my life being paralyzed by fear of what other people, other people think, right? Mm-hmm. And we, when we talked about the temperaments episode, I mentioned I'm very much a sanguine. And so wanting to be liked by everyone is really important to me. It still is, but um, uh, even more so, a little bit too much over the years. Uh, And so I found that in so many areas, I wasn't brave at all, even though I think I've always had pretty strong convictions, like my faith, for example. Right. You know, on the one hand, I don't think that caring about what other people think is necessarily always a bad thing. I agree. It's taught me, yeah, it's taught me, for example, like how to consider how other people would feel about something mm-hmm. or their mm-hmm. sensitivities, it, um, how to be diplomatic or to be discreet when you need to be. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. No, I think you're absolutely correct because I think that, again, how you and I always come at things with our different personalities, uh, um, the opposite of you is that I didn't care what anybody thought. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> like I said, a sense of bravado and a false sense of boldness where I would say anything. And that's not but like you were saying with the golden mean, I mean, that's not the middle road either. And so uh, you alluded before to being prudent. And I mm. think that that is really important. And so one of the things I've learned from you and learned from other great people like you is when to shut your mouth. <laughs> like you've introduced me to interior, Michelle. <laughs> oh, Oh, the interior Michelle. Yes. They're... Yeah. She can be feisty. She can be she's... feisty, but she she doesn't come out all the time. Yeah. No, she said things that I was shocked about, but I love that that is actually an exercise of you knowing when it's important to say things and when it's important not to say things. And I've learned that mm. because I had no interior, Lindsay. <laughs> my goodness I'm trying to grow one now she's small she's she's trying to develop but I'm trying to learn that um I'm sure your kids were taught this and it's all over social media and this is one of the things I kind of roll my eyes at but I'm like no it actually is important it's that acronym for the word think have you seen that think before you post and it's like is it true helpful inspiring necessary and kind no I've never heard of that before Oh, I'm shocked. Yeah, it it was all over online. And honestly, it was just something I clicked past. But I had to say, I have to say that 
thinking it over today, uh, it's actually really important and that it's usually used before you post something online. But if we can Mm. get into the habit of doing this before we speak too, it would be really useful. So again, uh, think is, is, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And so like what you're saying, being bold isn't just about what you have to say. Sometimes it's about biting your tongue and not saying something. It's also about Mm -hmm. how you say it and the tone you use and also how well you listen to others. And I also think it's, can you apologize if you've said the wrong thing and admit when you're wrong as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Having a a bit of resources at your disposal to kind of help shape what your, um, what courage looks like in particular situations for you going forward. And like I, I have grown, like I was saying, a, quite a lot in the last two years. I would say actually in particular the last five to six months mm. have been really transformative in terms of just being um, being a bit braver and um, differentiating when I need to be bold and when to hang back. Um, but there's a couple of things that have made a difference for me. Like for one thing, uh, I really feel like maintaining a big picture perspective really helps when trying to determine whether to be uh like how to be courageous so I try to ask myself like in the grand scheme of things how will this look (laughs) or will this one instant like how will this change things or if my goal is to get to heaven Mm -hmm. and to get my family to heaven um will this choice help in that will it hinder it is what I'm needing to decide to do uh going to assist in that goal uh, and also to just to acknowledge that uh, I'm I'm not responsible for how other people's perceive or think about me. Like we're allowed to have different opinions on things, um, and you're you're not necessarily responsible for someone disagreeing with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's been really hard for me to to accept. Uh, and then the last thing is just to practice this detachment from my feelings. Right. So yes. before I. I really think I always thought that the feeling is what drove the situation and controlled the situation. And that would make me even more anxious if I was already feeling uncertain about what to do or how to go about it. But if you can just acknowledge that, yes, you are maybe a bit of a, a bit afraid or uncertain about something, but you're going to do this anyways because it's right or because you need to do this then that can really help and not, you know, not punishing yourself for feeling, feeling scared about it, but at the same time, not letting the fear control you. I love that you said that because one of the most famous quotes about courage is that courage isn't the absence of fear, but the mastery of it. And it's attributed to Mark Mm. Twain, but um, Nelson Mandela kind of wrote a little bit more on that same topic using the same opening lines and Roosevelt. And just a lot of people have talked about courage not being the Mm. absence of fear. And so you're right. There is, it's that whole idea of feeling the fear and then mastering it, rising above it. Now there's a lot of false bravery. There's the keyboard bravery of the internet and the Mm. um, fighting (laughs) in the comm boxes of people saying things, you know, feeling protected where they can say things via a keyboard that they would not say to somebody in real life. And I Mm -hmm. really want to say I think as people start to struggle with, well, should I be bold in this circumstance or should I not be like, is this a time to be courageous? I'm a very bold person and I've really backed off on a lot of keyboard fighting, not because I couldn't handle it and not because I don't have something important to say, but because the truth is, 
And I don't know if you know this statistic, Michelle, but that according to the Pew Research Study, and as reported by the Federalist.com, only 14% of people ever change their minds about something serious after reading something on social media. I was actually a little shocked. Yeah. At first I'm like, that's actually a little higher than I thought, but that the flip side is that 86% of people never change their minds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of thinking, okay, now's the time to be courageous when you're on Twitter or on Facebook, it's not really the time to be courageous and maybe developing that in real life conversations with people is where you should start. Right. And telling stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's people's personal testimonies like yours last week. Like that is what starts getting people thinking for the most part. I do think there's a difference between people sharing their testimonies or their own life experiences and people just fighting in calm boxes and in the comment section, Mm, right? And so I don't think people are swayed by arguments that people are making in in comment sections, Um, but they are, like you said, they're more motivated when there's a personal connection or when they can read that there is um, an authentic voice and somebody sharing what's happened to them. And so Mm -hmm. that's where, yeah, you can choose to be more bold in what you're sharing about your own life and your own experiences. And people really do connect with that. I've seen that in my own experience many times over the years of of my time on social media, but not engaging every one of those battles in the comment section. Right. But I remember a priest once saying like exactly that. And I think he meant it not necessarily in a social media perspective, but just in general, like you say your position once yeah, and that's it. Right. Yeah. So when we when we see the Internet filled with people just kind of like over and over again, trying to hammer the same point, it can often be courageous. Right. Yeah. And courageous in a pride way, in a humility yeah. way to just say, nope, I've said it. People know what I'm about. And um, that's good enough. That's good. I'll, I'll live it now. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a different thing too, right? Is living it out is an act of bravery as well. What we, when we talk about being really courageous, I feel like, again, this culture has watered down these virtues and the very um, nature of a virtue is that it's something you have to work towards. We all don't just have them. And so mm-hmm. when we water them down, we really strip the, the virtues of their power and of their true significance. Mm-hmm. And so we want to encourage our listeners, you modern ladies, to be authentically bold and to really, again, sit back and evaluate what your values are for yourself and for your family and think, am I willing to lay that on the line? Am I willing to speak up about these unpopular topics? Because that's Mm -hmm. what true courage is. We we define that right in the beginning, that it's a risk to your popularity and um, a risk to your your value in society because you're actually going to say the unpopular thing. Yeah. And I think the ability to tell the difference in these situations really comes down to God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Essentially, God is at the crux of everything and um, being able to tell what is what is true. So in our call within our own lives and to you, the audience, to be brave and to speak more boldly about that which is true, because that which is true has always been true and will always be true. One of the things about being bold like this um, is something that's been in my head for a couple of years now, and it's this idea of not limiting God, because we have no idea what God can do with our stories when we actually share them. And that has always Mm -hmm. stuck with me. 
in every aspect of my life, not just being bold and courageous, but like every decision I make now, I think, is this decision limiting God? Because um, he ultimately has the final say in what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so when I try to keep things closed off, I mean, we all know we can only think keep things closed off from the world for a short period of time because God will reveal what he wants to reveal. And sometimes if we make the bold choice in talking about things before it's revealed, um, we can then let what what's meant to happen happen because God then can work miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you're saying because it's this idea of total surrender to God, right? In all situations, that's yeah. what it really comes down to. Not limiting, not limiting Him. And you know, for me, this should have been a given, <laughs> having grown up practicing my faith all my life. But no, this is just something I'm learning to actively do now at like 30 years old, <laughs> um, just to. You know, if I can remember to give everything in my life, every situation to God to do with as he wills, then I I can actually feel some of the pressure and weight sliding off my shoulders. And, you know, if I can give God my honest to goodness, best work and effort and intentions, then I can put the situation totally into his hands and not worry about it anymore. And that gives such confidence Right to know that we answer to a higher power that is the ultimate good, and so you know we can be courageous and we can be brave and be bold, um, and, and give it to God and trust that whatever needs to happen with this courageousness, it, it's going to happen and in the right way and in the right time. There are countless scripture passages that start with be not afraid or don't be afraid or don't fear like it's it's the Mm -hmm. constant message throughout the bible and saint pope john paul ii often was quoted in saying be not afraid i'll i think i can sum it up with what a, a very holy priest said to me once in the confessional when i brought him some of my worries and fears and he said don't forget Lindsay. we know the end of the story and I'm like, oh, mm. he's like, so why do we, we should have no fear with this to speak boldly because right. we know how it ends, right? Yeah, so right. people can laugh all they want, but yeah, we know the end of the story and so do you. So it's a time to step forward and like, let's be more bold in our faith together. We have each other and it isn't always going to feel good, like you said, but we know that we're doing the right thing. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? I've been watching a lot a show called Restoration Home. Have you ever heard of this show? Ah, I feel like I have, but I've never seen it. Okay, I first found it on YouTube a couple of years ago, and um, probably it shared a couple episodes of it, and... but obviously with YouTube, you only get like the odd episode here or there and the quality isn't that good. So imagine Mm -hmm. my excitement when I saw that it's on um, Amazon prime. And so they have three seasons, each episode's an hour. It's British. Of course, it combines all of our favorite (laughs) things. Um, Yeah. So each episode follows the ups and downs of average Brits as they try to save historic properties from dereliction. Now it's like truly a roller coaster because some of these places are actually collapsing, like whole walls are coming down and like 
rotted wood everywhere. But these people are so committed to sinking all of their money, right? And as we know with renovations, it always goes over. Um, and so they're like losing all of their money and all of their time. But they also have to restore these properties um, back using local techniques and some local pro local materials and historic techniques. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these mm -hmm. properties are like grade two or grade three listed in England. And England is really good about making sure their historical properties are renovated back to that standard but mm -hmm. that comes out of the people's pockets to do it back to that standard the government doesn't actually help them do that so it's this oh. whole up and down of these and then a lot of them do end with a beautifully restored property that you get to see at the end um, but the cool thing is is they send two experts um to see the sites and they actually dig back and they do the research on the property and at the end they, they reveal to the people who are doing the um, renovations they reveal mm -hmm. who the previous owners were if there are any cool stories that happen they show them old paintings or whatever they can get and they actually can present to them the history of their house Oh my gosh, that is so cool. And yeah. in England, like your yeah. history's so old, right? Like yes. we, we think about here in North America, we think our history's so old. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to there, like I can't even imagine buying a heritage home in England no, th and then there was, getting to learn the history there. Yeah, there was one yesterday that was a mill, but the original mill spot had been used since monks in the 13th century. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. what? What? <laughs> can't even wrap our heads around that. I can't. Yeah. yeah. So I highly recommend Restoration Home on Amazon Prime. Very cool. <laughs> so what have you been loving this week, Michelle? So I've actually been loving um, the Divine Intimacy radio podcast, mm, and yes. this is done by Dan and Stephanie Burke. Mm -hmm. um, and this is really new. Uh, I just heard about Dan Burke this year. I had no idea who, who he was, mm -hmm. um, but from several different sources. Um, first, the Instagram account, The Future is Family, mm -hmm. which we both love, right? Yes, it's run we do. By an absolutely incredible woman living an incredible story and witness so check her out we'll tag that and in the show notes too right even that's not yes. what we're loving we'll definitely tag and link to her instagram account it's so good that's right that's like a ripple a ripple love <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she had purchased this book called spiritual warfare and the discernment of spirits by dan burke and was really highly recommending it all the time so i'm working on obtaining that then I hear that this same Dan Burke had contracted COVID-19 in the very beginning of this pandemic, and his mm -hmm. situation was actually really quite dire. Um, he's since recovered and has been on several podcasts that I follow sharing his experience and renewed mission. And then I realized that he and his wife, Stephanie, co-host a podcast themselves mm -hmm. called Divine Intimacy Radio, and that is co-sponsored by EWTN. Um, so I jumped right into their series. They have like a 14 part series or something outlining basically his book. Uh, and I was really, I've really been interested lately in this whole concept of discernment of spirits. Mm -hmm. So the main reasons why I love this podcast and I'm so grateful for discovering this ministry is first of all, their voices are so gentle mm -hmm. <laughs> and listening to their podcast is one of the most relaxing and calming parts of my day. Um, it's like the podcast version of Huga, right? <laughs> Seriously, like listen to it and you're like, oh my gosh, I just feel like sitting in an easy chair. I was um, hoping we would be that, but we're not that. <laughs> <laughs> I almost put that in my notes. <laughs> like, unlike listening to our podcast. <laughs> oh, we're, we're very excited about everything. Yes, yes. Um, so, and secondly, uh, you know, they really 
everything they talk about is so rooted in scripture. And I didn't realize how much I was needing more scripture mm-hmm. in my life. You know, I, I still try to read the daily mass readings every day, but I, it's been very distracted as of late. And I, I didn't realize just how far um, I kind of fallen from my from my practice of that. So that's been really great. And um, finally, they are really bold and they are really courageous in how they speak about these things. They're very kind and gentle, but they don't shy away from telling it how it is and what is needed for um, us to seek a relationship with God. So that's what I'm loving. That's the Divine Intimacy Radio podcast hosted by Dan and Stephanie Burke. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram, at MM Sachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram, at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.